It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitka has officially adopted a plan for construction of a new marine haulout at its industrial park. The Sitka Assembly on Tuesday approved the $14 million project, despite being far short of the full amount. Officials nevertheless hope that getting started with the bare bones will both support Sitka's marine industry and attract future funding to complete the job. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Many meetings concerning Sitka's long-awaited marine haul-out have been packed to the gills with stakeholders. But this time, the Assembly reviewed the final haul-out plan before a mostly empty room. Assemblymember Tor Christensen, in a nod to city staff and the board of the Gary Paxton Industrial Park, thought he knew why. The fact that there's nobody here is a testament to the job you guys did. Because some of us were at these meetings where there was a lot of people and a lot of them were really mad. And there's nobody here because you guys have included everybody in the process. I, I think if you ever want, if you ever want to show why this is working, is, is look behind you and the fact that there isn't a whole bunch of mad fishermen here right now. Sitka's been without a haul-out for around a year and a half, leaving the fishing fleet scrambling for options to repair and maintain their boats. A 2022 ballot proposition to spend $8.2 million of city money building a haul-out for the fleet at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park was a slam dunk, winning around 80 percent voter support. But with costs on the rise, the most recent estimate for the first phase of the project is roughly $14 million dollars. But Industrial Park Director Gary White said that shortfall had gotten a little smaller. We were successful in getting a Denali Commission grant. Um, We found out last Thursday, and that grant is going to be in the amount of $1 million, and that money can be used for purchasing a travel lift or some type of boat hoist piece of infrastructure. So it looks like our our delta that we're going to need is about $4.8 million, which is still substantial. The goal is to get the bare-bones project done as quickly as possible, then add on more later as funding comes through, like additional washdown pads, boat parking, and an office and restrooms. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan asked if the facility would be operable by January 2025. Municipal engineer Michael Harmon said he hoped construction, at least, would be done by then. I'm more in control of that piece, so I'm feeling decently confident. Permitting is is our biggest, you know, there's always risk factors, of course, to projects and and permitting. We have it on the shorter side of our window that we're counting on. I put that as the highest risk to schedule right now. Whether it takes a year and a half or longer, with the plan in place, White and Harmon said they could begin to move more efficiently as they roll out construction. Voter support, White said, had been integral to securing the Denali Commission grant, a tactic he felt would help them win more funds down the line. Assemblymember Chris Yestad thanked White and Harmon for their work so far on the project. You guys did what you said. You were going to have a lot of public involvement, a lot of industry involvement, and you guys did it. And I really appreciate all that because I felt like um, as a fisherman and a future user of this yard, you know, you gave, you let us all have a voice in it. And that's been just great. The haul-out plan passed unanimously. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose.
Petersburg's Ranger District hosted a science illustrator from the deserts of Arizona earlier this month. Trenton Jung packed his art supplies into a sea kayak and paddled through the wilderness as part of a Forest Service-sponsored artistic residency program. As KFSK's Shelby Herbert reports, Jung hopes his outsider eyes will help inspire awe and appreciation for the Southeast's natural landscapes. Pine cones, whale vertebrae, a wolf skull. These are just a few things that make up the tableau Trenton Zhang and his Forest Service colleagues have laid across a table for his students. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Uh, my name is Trenton Zhang. I am an artist in residence. Chris Weiss is one of about a dozen Petersburg residents who turned up to the local library to learn about science illustration from Zhang. He has the class sketching out some of the items on the table from memory. With swift strokes of a colored pencil, she's outlining a barnacle with her eyes closed. How about you, Chris? What are you drawing? Uh, I tried to draw the shell. Definitely looks like. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yes. Zhang invites his class to take note of the colors and textures of all the natural objects on the table. The pitted seashells, the grainy bone, the fine points of the pine needles. This is his first approach to creating art as a science illustrator. He's shown his work in galleries across the United States and abroad. But this is his first time in Alaska. Yes, I really enjoy like just being amongst the trees and the moss and also being close to the ocean. So I always want to be close to the water, looking at tide pools, looking at the kelp and seeing what's underneath the next rock. Zhang says there's a gulf of difference between the rainforests of southeast Alaska and the sun-scorched southwestern United States, which is where he spent most of his life. But watery environments have always been central to his work. There's not a lot of love for like fish and little sea creatures. Like everyone loves like the, the big lions and giraffes and elephants and like the the charismatic megafauna. So I was kind of drawn to all the creatures that usually get ignored or like often overlooked. The Forest Service threw Zhang into his favorite environment, head first. He came to Petersburg to make and teach art, but he started his residency learning how to kayak. So we went to the, the slough, um, wore dry suits and jumped into the water, rolled our kayaks over, and then taught us how to like kind of self-rescue and pop back in. Megan McDermott is a wilderness ranger with the Forest Service, and she supervises the Voices of the Wilderness program. She says the kayak rescue tutorial was to help prepare Zhang for a five-day journey to Tebinkoff Bay Wilderness off of Kyuyu Island. Zhang, like prior visiting artists, got to watch his Forest Service companions collect data in a process called wilderness character monitoring. They come alongside, they see what we do, and they create some piece of artwork with the intention of inspiring other people to care about this place. Hopping from island to island, Zhang took in the stark beauty of the land. On the final day of the trip, the group came upon a couple of humpback whales, a mother and her calf. That was the big highlight for both the artist and his Forest Service escorts. I had never seen wild whales before. Um, I also enjoyed just the quiet and solitude and just being able to like be outside and not have any distractions. All the while, Zhang was taking notes. McDermott enjoyed watching him paint and sketch out the trip, literally as it was unfolding. 
It's really fun to watch his process and the scientific element of it, documenting surroundings, not just drawing, so it's cool. But all that note-taking wasn't just for his own benefit. I took a small handmade sketchbook out and took lots of notes in it. Use that to create little drawings and paintings while I was out in the fields. And then also took reference photos and um, use those for my larger project. That art project won't be a slice of cake. It'll take him at least six months to finish. But it'll kind of look like one. A slice of forest cake. He's mapped out a large painting demonstrating the layered ecosystems of the Tongass National Forest. At the top, the tree canopy descending into a tidal zone crawling with small sea creatures. Those shallow pools will bleed into the final layer, a kelp forest on the ocean floor. Zhang says all of this was inspired by one moment on his five-day trip into the wilderness. I just caught a glimpse of the trees and rocks and seaweed all kind of within one layer because that kind of really defined like, the Tongass forest where there's lots of intermeshing of like the forest and ocean. Zhang plans to complete the painting by next January. It'll be installed in Petersburg's Forest Service office alongside all the artwork from past residencies. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Birdwatching is one of the fastest-growing nature-based tourism sectors in the world, and the hobby is soaring in popularity in Alaska. Now, Audubon Alaska is swooping in on the bird boom. The organization partnered with the U.S. Forest Service and the Alaska Department of Fish and Game to create the Southeast Alaska Birding Trail. It's a free virtual guide to 18 communities across the bird-rich region. Lauren Cusimano is a spokesperson for Audubon Alaska. She says Southeast unique biodiversity is what put the region on her organization's radar. It's just a distinct area of the country and of the world. It has the largest gathering of bald eagles in the world. It's home to the largest national forest in the country. It just kind of calls for this kind of attention. Southeast hosts nearly 400 bird species. The region is a global destination for migratory birds. It's also a global destination for a certain category of human, the kind carrying binoculars. So, how does the app work? It helps users keep track of the species they're spotting and shares a bit about regional geography and cultural history. Kusumano says it can even tell you about the trail under your boots amenity details like are there restrooms is there a parking available what's the accessibility situation and are there entry fees Kusumano says Audubon Alaska plans to ride the new ecotourism wave the project's mission is to support industries that rely on healthy intact ecosystems with the goal of inspiring environmentally conscious economic growth Audubon Alaska's next step is to flock together with small outdoor recreation businesses to promote the app in southeast's heavy tourism stopovers I'm Brooke Schaefer and this has been Raven News Thank <laughs> you.